men. We are not simple, chest-thumping, rock-smashing, fire-starting barbarians. We have depth. We intensely feel. We are scared, yet brave. We love to have fun. We're imperfect and make mistakes. We're compassionate and loving. We are multifaceted. Let's explore the reality of masculinity together. Today we're going to be diving into anger. And I want to start by just saying, if you find this podcast beneficial, um, there's really two things that you could do that would mean a lot to me. One is just share it with a friend. Talk about it. You know, I want to provoke and start conversations that maybe we either avoid or just don't think about. And two is leave a review if you want your voice to be heard as far as shaping what multifaceted masculinity becomes. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. You might be asking yourself, why in the world did you click on today's title? Because anger, for a lot of people, is really scary. It is a source of pain in their life. It's a source of bad memories of something that they, quite honestly, want to either forget or suppress. But I think it's really important to break apart and differentiate healthy versus unhealthy anger. Because anger is actually a really beautiful emotion when it's used in a healthy way. Now, you may think that that's kind of hard to believe right now in this moment, but <laughs> bear with me and I wanna see if I can maybe paint a picture for you that helps show the difference between healthy and unhealthy anger. Let's start with healthy anger. Well, obviously most people use the example in the Bible where Jesus flipped the tables. If he was feeling that, and he was always in connection with God, that means his anger was healthy. And we're made in God's image, and God has all the emotions. So, but what happened with Jesus flipping the tables? You got to look at the situation there. What was going on? Well, there was an injustice. And, and so that's one of the areas of healthy anger, is when there's an injustice or a violation you know, if you were taken advantage of or abused as a child, it's okay and healthy and necessary to get really pissed about what happened. Now, not to fall into a victim mentality where you leverage your experience to define who you are, but it's necessary to actually get mad at the injustice that was done. That is healthy. It's, it's actually a part of grieving. I mean, healthy anger is one of the stages of grief. I mean, I, I remember I had a client that she had lost her mom. and She was just a teenager. And we were working through that. And she had never let herself get mad at God because she was basically taught that that wasn't a, an okay thing to express or to connect to. And so one of the most freeing things for me to say to her was, you know, God's not afraid of your anger. It's okay if you're really mad at him for what happened for a time being. Now, obviously, if you stay in that place, it can create bitterness, resentment, and unhealthy emotions. 
but it's actually necessary to, to let yourself get mad as part of grief. I know at the end of my marriage, I was pissed that we couldn't find a way to make it work. I was mad at the situation as part of grieving the end of something that was covenant and meant for the rest of our lives. It was part of grieving promises that we had had and we were trying to pursue for the years that we were together. And letting myself get mad at that actually let my body and my heart release that emotion, release the grief that was connected to it. Otherwise, it could be bottled up when you try to suppress it. Healthy anger actually can set healthy boundaries. Now, we're not talking about boundaries today, but there are a lot of people that choose to hide behind boundaries. They use the term boundaries as a means of keeping people at an arm's distance, and that's unhealthy. But healthy boundaries, it's connected to that injustice or that violation side of things, where if you have been experiencing something that has violated that boundary, it's actually healthy and good to get really mad at the situation. Go, you know what? Enough is enough. I am not going to be okay with this anymore. I'm going to attack that violation of the boundary. And that doesn't have to be with a person. That can actually be with something that is an unhealthy emotion that you have been leaning towards or even an unhealthy spirit that you've been connected to. And I just had someone that, for him, he had become intimate friends with fear from some experiences that he had as a child. And one of his homework assignments meeting with me was to write a letter to fear. And this is something that I do with a lot of clients for different things. But to write out the injustice, to write out what fear has cost him in relationship, in his identity, in his masculinity. And the whole point of it is to let anger come to the surface, to actually highlight and expose what in his situation the fear had done. And when you highlight it and you look at the injustice instead of look away for the sake of trying to manage anger in an unhealthy way, then you have the opportunity to confront it, to get your strength back in that area, to let go of that unhealthy relationship. But a lot of times you got to get mad first. You have to embrace the anger. But a lot of us mix up the different kinds of anger. We blend anger all as one giant bundle rather than saying, you know what, sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not. Why do we do that? For a lot of us, we didn't have healthy anger modeled to us. And so our, our own definition of anger has to be an unhealthy thing. It caused pain. You know, boy, when dad got mad or when mom got mad, that's when the house was, everybody was walking on eggshells until she or he calmed down again. And then life went back to normal. So if you grow up in an environment like that, then what you learn is anger can't be healthy. It made me scared. It caused me pain. It caused someone that I loved pain. And that's really what unhealthy anger is. I mean, there's a couple different kinds of unhealthy anger. One of them is rage. In the example I just gave, it's 
a lot of times used as a means of trying to control the environment. I feel scared. I feel out of control. So I need to feel big to try to get control back. I need to make you feel small so that I feel safe again. So how do I control my environment? I use rage. I use the unhealthy anger as a means of controlling my environment. Essentially communicating, I'm big, you're small, and what do you learn? Well, then I need to stay small to stay safe. And that's why anger can be really scary. Because if you learn to stay small to stay safe in response to rage, then one of the scariest things you can do is confront something that taught you to stay small. And yet, it's the very thing that may be holding you back from embracing your true voice, from facing something that you've been afraid of. And that's not a knock on you. That's not saying that you did something wrong by any means. It's something that you've cultivated internally that feels really, really scary to confront. Like what happens when you embrace anger, to let anger come to the surface and be present? I know for me, one of the things that I started to believe was, oh, well, if I get angry, then things blow up around me. I had three brothers and my parents separated when I was 16. And I was the one that kind of pushed back against my dad in certain ways. And during that whole time, what I learned internally was, oh, well, if I'm strong and I'm angry and I show that anger, then I can destroy marriages. Because see, my parents separated. Right there's the proof. But in that for me, what I was really saying was my parents weren't adult enough to take ownership. And I had the control and the ability to determine the outcome when really I didn't. It ultimately came up to their decision as to whether or not they wanted to stay together. The other side of unhealthy anger is we often use it to self-protect. We essentially use it to, to build a wall around the areas of our heart that we're really afraid to let people into. A friend of mine calls it softer emotions. So if I feel scared or sad or hurt or the out of control, or maybe I don't feel listened to, and in that, I feel like my voice isn't being heard, which really hurts. So what do I do? Well, I grab anger to essentially kick and scream until you hear me. I grab anger to protect the fact that, you know what, I'm really scared right now. Or I'm really sad. So instead of showing that softer side, that sad side, I use anger to say, you know what, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through as a means of keeping you at an arm's distance of what I'm really feeling because I'm terrified to let you into that part of my heart or I'm terrified to let other people see those emotions because those are perceived as weak. See, a lot of us learn the unhealthy go-tos. And when we do that, then what we learn is we just need to keep a lid on anger. It's something we just have to manage. The problem is a lot of us lump anger and rage as one bucket. And I would encourage you to take inventory of your life. So you know what? Where have I been afraid of letting anger be present? Not in an unhealthy way, but in a healthy way. 
Where has there been an injustice? Where has there been the violation? Where is, where is there unresolved grief that I just can't seem to let go? If you have grief that you can't let go or can't move beyond, it may be time to get really mad and angry as part of your grieving process because that's going to give your heart permission to actually forgive or to actually let go and transition into whatever is next for you in life. Where do you need to set those healthy boundaries? Where have those boundaries in your life and in your heart been violated over and over and over and over again? Where have you let that happen? It might be time to get mad and reestablish some healthy boundaries. And at the same time, where have you connected to unhealthy anger or rage? To take inventory of that as well. Where do I go to when I feel out of control? Do I build those walls around my heart when I feel scared or hurt? One really good indicator that you may be doing that is if you, you've become really comfortable with being transparent but terrified of being vulnerable. Now, now let me break apart the difference in those two. Transparent says, you know, I'm, I'm being transparent in sharing things about my divorce or things about my life that maybe a lot of people might want to paint over, or gloss over, or not be honest about. That's transparent. I can be transparent on this podcast, but that doesn't mean that I'm being vulnerable. Vulnerable means I'm inviting you into those moments that I feel insecure or scared or hurt or out of control. That I'm actually lowering my guard. So if you find yourself always telling other friends about, oh man, last week I was struggling with this, but now this week I, I, I realized X, Y, and Z and I'm not struggling with it anymore. You may have cultivated a community of transparency, but you're going to start to see change when you cultivate a community of vulnerability. And that requires a lot of times for us to confront the areas that we're using unhealthy anger as a means of protecting us in the moment. And then once we feel safe or we've been able to process, then we can, okay, we're okay with being transparent. We can tell you about what happened. I can be honest about it. And I, I only have maybe three or four guys that I am vulnerable with. There may be vulnerable moments where I invite you into something in this podcast or in other platforms. But in general, just in life, the people that I choose to be vulnerable with, I've cultivated trust with and time with. It's not something that I just dive right into. But all of that starts with being brutally honest with yourself, both in the unhealthy and the healthy. Where do you need to embrace healthy anger? And if this podcast is triggering you because you're going, you know what? I don't really care what you say, Josh. I am not going to embrace anger. It is not okay to do then you may be the very person that needs to learn how to be okay with it. And more than likely, you may have had experiences in your life that have taught you that anger looks like rage. One of the important things to do with healthy anger is to find healthy outlets for that anger. Because unfortunately, a lot of times, it's those that are closest to us that get the brunt of even healthy anger. So I've done all kinds of things or told my clients to do things like, grab a stick and beat the crap out of a tree or go for a run or work out or scream into a pillow or not into a pillow, into a field, whatever it may be. But to physically 
release that anger is just as important as embracing it. Because if all you do is embrace it and you bottle it up inside, then you're just going to become a really angry person. And that's obviously not the goal. We want to move towards healthy paradigms. And there is such a thing as healthy anger. It's on us to learn how to embrace it, manage it, and use it to cultivate safety and trust in our lives or to process grief. See, a lot of us learn that we just need to forgive. And I agree, it is important to forgive. But when you don't let yourself get angry at the injustice, then you don't really forgive. I mean, have you ever found yourself forgiving someone and yet still being angry at them? It's probably because you've been hurt by them and you haven't let yourself in a healthy way connect to anger as part of your process to either create a boundary or process grief or to, it's not even a matter of pointing it at them. It's a matter of processing the emotion of anger so you can arrive at a place of forgiving them. See, I've had clients that have been violated in really horrible ways and we do some exercises where we let anger be present. They've carried the injustice of it for years, but they've never let themselves be angry because they were told that they needed to forgive. And once they let themselves get angry at the injustice is when we could reach a place on the other side of it where they forgave and they felt the forgiveness in their heart because their heart felt validated by being able to express the anger at the injustice. So then their heart felt released to go, you know what? And I forgive you. But if you're taught to forgive immediately in some situations, it's, that's a good thing. It's fine. But in other situations, you need to let anger be present so you can forgive, not just with your lips, but with your heart. Anger can be scary. It can feel scary. It really can. But the more afraid of it you are, the more you're not willing to let it be present when it's valid and lower your guard or let it go when it's unhealthy, as in when you're not able or willing to manage anger in a healthy way and differentiate healthy from unhealthy, and you blur those two together, that's when you either embrace it and cause damage around you or you try to suppress it and you have to stay small to manage avoiding it. And I'm telling you that there is a life that you can live where you walk in the middle of those two and identify the difference and process them in healthy ways. Mm -hmm.